You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, Chris O'Brien, would you ever consider taking a one-way journey to Mars? No, but there's been a few times I wouldn't mind sending you. Well, I think Barbara would agree with you. No, do tell. You know, part of the thing is, I think most of you know there is this program afoot to set up a mission to Mars. But because we're not sure we could get people back, it would be one way. We would set up a colony there and I guess build a place where future visitors to Mars can go. They're talking about this happening, say, 10, 15 years from now. So you have to recruit people who actually would be willing to give up their lives on Earth, go to an uncertain mission, and if it succeeded, somehow taming the red planet so they could survive there. And I think of the terraforming involved, for example, remember the movie Total Recall, 1990 movie directed by Paul Verhoeven starring Schwarzenegger and Sharon Stone. And of course, Mars doesn't have a breathable atmosphere, so they generated all the living conditions within this enclosed structure. But then if we have a secret space program, we don't have to worry about that, do we? Yeah, we'll just send Matt Damon, one of the uh, the one percenters. We'll send him as the uh, mission leader. I thought of this because on the Howard Stern show, they interviewed one of the candidates who was an emergency room doctor. And she supposedly is one of the finalists, the 100 finalists to go on this mission. Then again, we're making some progress in space program. For example, SpaceX, the Elon Musk company. He's the guy who also came from PayPal and he has the Tesla car company. They sent a spaceship and it landed vertically back on Earth, just like you saw in the 1950s sci-fi movies. They actually found a way to make that work successfully. So we're making progress, unfortunately, not like we really want. In any case, last week I kind of expected that our discussion about how to talk to an aliens would be very controversial. It looks to me like a lot of people accepted Nancy Dutertra's measured approach to the subject. It's not high on my radar. I think if ET is advanced enough to get here, respects us enough to communicate with us, they'd figure out how. We wouldn't have to figure it out. We wouldn't have to exchange hand signals. We wouldn't have to try to train it to talk like they did in the movie E.T. I don't think that's remotely necessary. Have those, what, uh, universal translators, right? Yeah, why not? Why not have a new universal translator? I mean, if you're capable of doing this on a website right now, even translating what you say into Klingon and back again, I would think that a race that's hundreds or thousands of years ahead of us, they'd have a universal translator. Or, you know, like uh, many uh, abductees have reported, it's, it's all telepathic and, and it's like effortless. There is no, you know, sort of mechanical send and receive process. It just magically happens, you know. I would think so. I would think we're capable of doing that maybe in a few years, having that kind of translation technology. Of course, those who work as translators at the UN would be out of a job. Instead, Siri would take it over, or for people who like Microsoft products, Cortana would take it over, or Google Now would take it over. 
but surely very close. What, 10 years, five years? Yeah, maybe even less. I mean, gosh, the, the state of technology, how fast we're, you know, innovating. And, you know, they just, for instance, uh, 3D printing is uh, just an amazing science. I mean, there's bridges that are being built by automatic 3D printers. And I think MIT just announced that they can now integrate 10 different materials into a uh, 3D printing software designer and program, and they can actually 3D print with 10 different materials now. So, I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, you know, at the, at the state of technology and, and the, you know, the just breathtaking and, and dazzling speed that it's progressing and, and moving forward, uh, you know, we could be looking at um, just jaw-dropping innovations and uh, technological breakthroughs and leaps forward in, in the next five, ten years that, that could be way beyond what you're describing. Well, 3D printing is fascinating. I interviewed somebody who was a communication specialist for one of the 3D printing companies. And I tried to arrange to get one in here for testing. But right now it's fairly simple. But I can't think it wouldn't be time soon to use that for building spare parts for something. You just need the plans. You need a computer program that contains the plans and say, you need a part for your car. And you go to your 3D printer and you punch up a few numbers or whatever, choose a particular part. And within a couple of minutes, it generates the part for your car. You wouldn't have to wait for it to arrive. Oh, wait a minute. The part didn't arrive. It doesn't fit. It doesn't work. Or a lot of consumer products that are made up of just tiny chips. Supposedly, you could fabricate a chip. Wouldn't that be correct? Yeah, I suppose, in, in theory. Well, you, for example, you want to buy a brand new iPhone, the iPhone 12. All right, so the iPhone 12 is out from Apple. And you go to your Apple store and you say, I'll take mine with 128 gigabytes of memory, whatever it is at that point in the future, and I'll take the five-and-a-half-inch model, the plus model, in gold. Okay, fine. Punch it up. Here's your money. There it is. Sorry, I'm kind of delayed here on some of my responses. I'm madly finishing editing this video that uh, I've been working, like, weeks on it, it seems. Um, you know, all... Uh, it's just uh, going on and on here. I'm having uh, some problems. But by the end of the show, I'm going to have this thing done and we'll get it up here um, this weekend. Now, one of the important considerations in putting up video in our Paracast Plus premium channel is to make it as easy as possible for you to be able to watch it. I set up a special video player built into our forum software in the area where we have the Paracast Plus. I'm also going to see how well we attach it to our feed for offline viewing and see if it works as flexibly as the episodes of our radio show or the After the Powercast podcast. And we're going to see if this works. So by this weekend, by the time you hear this show, if you're a member of the Powercast Plus, it may be time for our first video. But in order to experience that, you've got to join it. And to join, go to plus.thepowercast.com, P-L-U-S.thepowercast.com. Simple sign-up instructions there. It mostly involves joining the forums and upgrading your membership. And there are four options. There's month-to-month, annual, five-year, or lifetime. And right now you get 
this show, ad-free, 41 minutes of ads taken out. You get the After the Paracast wrap-up show, exclusive to the Paracast Plus. We have three show transcripts on there, by the way. So one of our eager members, Sue, whom you know from the forums, Chris, laboriously transcribes some of our most important episodes, like the Mac Tony's tribute episode, or, for example, the tribute episode for John Keel. The actual transcripts, word for word, are included in our first group of transcripts, and Chris is finishing the first video. So this is going to be great. This is really going to be something yeah. terrific, and that, can't thank him enough. That that kind of uh, reminds me. I had a transcript created for um, my first real, uh, I guess, co-host uh, duty when I had the uh, roundtable with Philip Hoyle and and uh, Ted Oliphant on the cattle mutilation roundtable. I had that entire show completely transcripted, so I should probably send that to you as well and, and go ahead and add that to the ever-growing queue of transcripts. To find out more, go to plus.theparacast.com. We're going to be talking about Owl's synchronicity in the UFO abductee, the author of The Messengers. Mike Cleland returns with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Let's take a moment to mention Alternate Perceptions magazine. You know, it's been publishing since 1985, and it's been online since 2002. Each month, apmagazine.info brings new articles, interviews, and commentary on the worlds of mysteries, including UFOs, archaeological anomalies, ghost hunting, and news. It's edited by Brent Rains and Dr. Greg Little. And many of the top writers, such as Brad Steiger, are frequent contributors. That's apmagazine.info. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code Tech Night Owl for a special discount. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. 
Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Hi, I'm Rick Osick with Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we support the March of Dimes in the fight against premature birth. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment programs, and outreach to help moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Learn how you can help save babies' lives at marchofdimes.org. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We're joined by someone who made several really fascinating appearances on the Paracast a few years back, Mike Cleland. And he's back now to talk about his new book, for Richard Dolan Press. It's called The Messengers, Owls, Synchronicity, and the UFO Abductee. Now, as I was thinking of that title, I go back to the origins of my tech blog, The Tech Night Owl. And of course, we have a radio show called The Tech Night Owl Live. And I wondered how I got there. You know, I know both of you are aware of it and maybe only dimly, but here's how it goes. Back in 1999, I was setting up my first blog before there was such a thing as a blog or WordPress or anything like that. And it came out of writing books about AOL, setting up your own personal website. So this is my personal website. I'll put some articles on it. We need a name for the website, not just genesteinberg.com, which exists, by the way, but it just points to other stuff. We wanted a name. And my wife says, you know what? You're up early in the morning or late at night. You're writing books. You're listening to Paranormal Talk Radio. That was listening to Coast to Coast then, not realizing seven years later, I'd be here doing the Paracast. But in any case, and, and Art Bell getting new gigs and quitting two months later. But anyway, she said, call yourself Night Owl. Okay, I am Tech Night Owl. So that's how it began. I don't know if there's any synchronicity involved. But Mike, owls in general have a rich backstory, lots of meanings. It's not just a bird. 
It's the wise old owl. It signifies something that may have happened, might be happening. Why do we have this thing about owls that is so rich with possibilities? Well, there's a few reasons that owls are so ever-present in mythology. And, and one of them, I mean, on a very simple level, owls just, you know, look intense. I mean, I've, I've talked to people now, present day, they tell me stories simply, you know, there's nothing paranormal in these stories at all. They say they saw an owl. And they say it in a way that is filled with reverence. I mean, it's the, the owl has a, an aura about it. It has great big eyes, and it is different than seeing you know, a bunny rabbit or a deer. I mean, an owl has a presence, even among other birds, you know, very majestic birds like eagles and hawks don't have the same sort of mythic power as an owl. And I think that's because it's very rare to see an owl, right? you know, they're night birds. So we yeah, simply, and, it's and simply hard to see them at night. Say you never hear them because they have silent, they have feathers that uh, I think are hollow that allow them to fly silently. Yeah, the feathers are are on the tr leading edge of the feather, I think I've got this correct, on the leading edge of their flight feathers is sort of the, the actual edge of the feather is kind of frilly. It kind of has a has like almost like a downy quality right on the leading edge. And for some reason, that allows them to fly very quietly. Also, they have really big wings. And like an airplane with big wings, let's say a Piper Super Cub has very, very large wings compared to its uh, size that allows that plane to fly extremely slowly. So, uh, you know, owls can fly slow, so they don't have a lot of wind turbulence, as well as these specialized feathers, which allow for even quieter flight. And then the shape of their bodies themselves, these big, the, the illusion is that they're a big bulky bird. If you, if you see them with, without any feathers, they're just kind of a skinny little, they, they look like a vulture or something like that. There's, there's nothing that interesting about them when you see them with their feathers off. It's the big fat plumage that allows for that silent flight. So, yes. Yeah, so, and, and I would also say just jump the, the, the majority of UFO sightings, the people will report that the sightings of a UFO is eerily silent, the same way you know someone might describe seeing a, a, an owl in flight. The owl has a rich mythology that goes way back, and this comes from a, any ancient culture would be able to know that the you know the owl as a night bird can see into the darkness and it can fly around in the darkness, and that then becomes a metaphor for seeing into other realms as well as traveling into other realms, into the land of the dead, into the the, the, the land of the you know, the great mysteries. So the owl in many ways is the totem of the shaman because that's what a shaman would do, would, would travel, you know, either through meditation or through rhythmic dancing or through uh, psychedelic drugs. The, the shaman would travel to these other realms and then come back with a message. Then that's in a way what the owl signifies symbolically, you know, the owl will often deliver a message. And as I was working on this book, it's kind of hard, you know, somebody says, hey, what are you working on? Oh, I'm working on a book. And then they'll say, oh, what kind of book? And and you open up the UFO can of worms and you're sort of stuck there. You Maybe you'll lose a friend over it or maybe somebody, maybe not lose a friend. But so oftentimes people would ask me as I was working on this book, what are you working on? I'm like, oh, I'm working on a book on owls. And they're like, oh, that sounds interesting. What about owls? And I would say, it's a book on owl mythology. And that 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 feels correct. Uh, you know, that's not that's not lying, but it was definitely the focus of the book is on the UFO stuff. But I would say owl mythology, because my my premise in the book, in a way, is that the owls are still displaying their ancient mythology. Uh, it happens to be showing up now for 
people with UFO contact experiences, abductees, will tell of very unusual stories involving owls. And, and this would harken back to uh, the story of the owl in in other traditions, whether it be shamanism or surrounding death or uh, surrounding like, you know, deep inner work. You know, the owl seems to show up and is a totem of these uh, experiences. Is it something to fear, something to revere, or that depends on the experience? Well, I guess that depends on the experience and the traditions. I mean, yeah, you go to a, especially. Yeah, I mean, you go to, uh, you know, Greece, where the owl is, is uh, you know, the symbol of Athens. And the owl, there's nothing, there's nothing frightening about the owl. The owl traces back to the goddess Minerva, the goddess of wisdom. She had a companion, little owl. Uh, she's often depicted either with an owl on her wrist or on her shoulder or, or nearby. Uh, the Parthenon in Athens, where the, the, the um, Temple of Athena on the Acropolis, that was... Uh, said to be in the roof line, the rafters of the Acropolis were said to be um, filled with, with owls. And, you know, so where did, did that come first? Did, did the Athena's uh, companion owl come first or did the, did the uh, owls living in the temple of Athena, you know, sort of generate that mythology? Um, so you go to uh, like an Indian reservation in North Dakota, you might hear some very, very frightening and ominous mythology about owls, uh, you know, a, a opposite of, you know, talking to a myth, you know, to a, to a academic mythologist in, in, uh, Athens. Uh, from what I have found, I've actually found very few accounts that, uh, point to something ominous. I have some, and I know some people have had some experiences where an owl will show up and then their luck will change and things will get really bad or a death will occur. Um, I've found it Almost, you know, those stories are out there, but those seem outnumbered by, um, and I'm not going to say it's a positive thing or an optimistic thing. It's more that the owl represents, in a way, uh, the deeper challenges in a, in a life or, uh, you know, a long life's path. You know, you're confronted with, with profound challenges, and that would be almost the, you know, what uh, the experience that people the UFO contact experience would be could be seen as as a you know profound life altering challenge, and then you know the owl appears as a totem in a way. This may not be a life altering message, but we've got to present it. We've got Mike Cleland with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Paid non attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention, Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24 7. Call 800 261 0937. That's 800 261 0937. 
so you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Just recently, we've witnessed some of the most catastrophic disasters in history. Be sure to prepare yourself with great-tasting, high-quality, GMO-free food that has a 25-year shelf life. Of course, we're talking about the foods from SurvivalFoodAlliance.com. And don't forget, the human body needs up to three quarts of water every day to remain healthy and hydrated. So check out our water bricks at SurvivalFoodAlliance.com. Go to SurvivalFoodAlliance.com or call 877-223-1776. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Okay, I am the Night Owl. He is Mike Cleland. And we've got Chris O'Brien. The book is called The Messengers. 
Now, when you chose that title, Mike Cleland, did you consider a famous book from Jacques Vallée, Messengers of Deception? You know, actually, I didn't. And it's, it's funny, there's a few other books out there that with actually the title of The Messengers, and they don't really seem to overlap, so I didn't worry too much about it. It was pretty simple. I wanted a, a, I wanted a simple title that... Um, that wasn't too wordy, I guess. And, uh, you know, because the wordiness, I guess, comes in the subtitle, which is owl synchronicity and the UFO abductee. You know, that just was a word that kept on showing up in these reports. You know, like it, people would literally say, like, oh, I felt like I was presented with a message. Or, you know, the owl was a messenger and I, and I heard what it was trying to say. Um, so those were coming up enough in the reports that I recognized. And also in, uh, you know, just uh, the research end of it, you know, the, the mythology end of it, you know, the owl, owl would often be referred to as a messenger. So it just had a very, it was, it was a nice, short, quick title and I and I preferred that over something sort of long and and uh, sort of explanatory in the title. All right, let's personalize it here. Are there experiences in your life that led you to this because you have a chapter in your book in chapter 1 a section entitled I'm the owl guy. Why is Mike Cleland the owl guy? Well, so the reason I'm the owl guy is because uh, I have been documenting and putting on my blog, on my online blog, writing essays and articles about um, UFOs and owls together. And what happens is I've done it enough that if you Google UFOs and owls, just those two words, my name comes up. It's first on the list and it comes up. I haven't done it in a while, but it's like the first seven things that come up. So if anyone, anyone in the, anywhere in the world sits down at their computer, I'm mean, just a couple mouse clicks away, you know, and they've had a owl experience that's somehow tied in with a UFO experience, and they're wondering about it, they're going to find me quickly. And uh, so I've been at the receiving end of a lot of, of, a lot of amazing uh, reports are coming into me that I just am, you know, I feel pretty honored that I'm, at, that I'm cataloging these things and, and, you know, having a chance to interact and talk with these people. This all traces back to a set of personal experiences I had. So the foundation of my research is I was confronted with some very strange owl sightings in October, well, really September, I think, of 2006, which is a little less than 10 years ago now. So I was confronted with a bunch of owl sightings that kind of blew my mind and really set me off kilter in a way. You know, all of a sudden I was like, wow, if these things are really happening, this is really strange. It's beyond coincidence that I'm seeing this many owls. Um, And so this was right at the same time, this overlapped with my own looking into my own UFO memories, which had been bothering me. And so uh, right around 2006, 2007, I started looking into my own experiences and it felt like the floodgates opened. I started seeing so many owls and I started having so many synchronicities and it was, you know, it was at the, the source was my own inner work. But uh, so the, what I would do whenever I talked to anyone who had a UFO experience or at a UFO conference or something, one of the questions I would ask, and I, I, I asked this of Chris, uh, I said, have you ever had a, an owl experience? Um, and it's not 100%, it's certainly not 100%, but it's enough that there's a pattern. And I just realized that there was a wealth of stories here. And um, so, yes, why am I the owl guy? It's because I'm cataloging, collecting these stories. Uh, we can talk about the, the, the initial experience if you want. Well, you opened the floodgates. Let's talk about then the initial experience. <laughs> okay, so so, uh, so ten years ago, a little less than ten years ago, nine and a half years ago, I was in living in Idaho, uh, right near Grand Teton National Park, and I had been doing a lot of camping. I worked for an outdoor school, and 
I was spending a lot of time in the mountains. And then at the school, there was a young woman there that, that was, um, that I befriended and I just started a conversation with her and I said, she, she it was, it was uh, September. So it was late in the season. Summer was ending. And I said, Oh, you've been here all summer. And I said, you must've camped a lot. And she said, Oh no, I haven't camped at all this summer. And I'm like, Oh, that's terrible. It's beautiful camping right here. Listen, I go out all the time. I do, you know, I go out for one night. I sleep under the stars. If there's no reason to bring a shelter, you know, if the weather seems nice, there's no reason to take a shelter. We'll sleep out under the stars. And if, if you want to go, I'll take you camping. She said, sure. So this was in a funny way, sort of a, first date in a way. Uh, I was going to say, what a great pickup line. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, uh, so, so, uh, so we went into the mountains. Her name was Kristen or is Kristen. And, uh, so if you leave in the afternoon and I was, I've also, I do a lot of stuff with a very light backpack, you know, so you don't need to carry a lot of stuff for one night. And especially if you don't have a shelter and our plan was just to be out by, you know, lunchtime the following day. So we left, you know, in the evening, late afternoon, early evening. And, and in a couple of hours, you can get pretty far into the mountains. So we arrived at this beautiful spot and um, clear, calm night and the sun was setting. And a, and I think, if I remember correctly, a full moon was rising. And she she and I were sitting on a rock and I was cooking with a little camp stove, something I feel very comfortable doing. And we were having this conversation. There came a point in the conversation where I was just kind of struck. I was like, oh my, this woman is really remarkable. There's something about her that was that left me kind of uh, impressed. So right at that moment, an owl flew over us and then a second owl and then a third owl. And for about the next hour, maybe over an hour, as the sun was setting, these owls would fly around on branches, you know, and land on branches nearby. They would fly right over us. They would swoop down right above us. They would land on the ground very close to us. And uh, when it came time to lie down to go to sleep, you know, we would just, it was a lovely calm night and we just laid our sleeping bags out under the stars and there was, um, there would be a second, just a momentary, uh, the stars would be blotted out for just one second. And it was, it was from the owls. It was totally silent and they were just, they were swooping down low in front of our faces. So for one second, half a second, poof, the, 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 the stars would get blotted out and it was, it was just a magical experience. So, the, after that, um, we both, uh, you know, thought to them, wow, the owl thing was really cool. And, and then I said, listen, if I go out camping again, I'll give you a call. And she said, great. So four days later, I called her up and said, let's do the same thing. Let's go to a different spot. And we'll go out camping. And so the next time we went out, uh, it was a completely different spot. And it was a little colder that night. And we had a shelter with us. So I said, hey, before we climb into the tent, let's, uh, let's go climb that hillside and watch the sunset because uh, because we'll warm up, right? It's chilly now. If we stand here and climb into the tent, we'll just be cold. And so let's, you know, let's do some exercise, get up to the top of that hill, watch the sunset, and we can come back and be warm. She said, great. So we walk up. Just as the sun is setting, just as we arrive at the top of this hill, it wasn't, you know, it was a beautiful, amazing view of the, uh, of the mountains. Um, an owl lands on a tree branch. Another one flies above us. And then a third one sort of lands on the ground near us. And for the 45 minutes or so, these three owls fly around us. And I'm convinced, I, there's no way to know this. They're convinced they're this, they were the same three owls. Completely different spot in the, in the uh, range. Not that far apart, maybe three miles apart. But uh, so after that, to have it happen once was pretty cool. To have it happen twice within four days kind of freaked me out. And, and it started me on this uh, quest of, you know, looking into owls and their mythology and what does it mean? What's the symbolism? I just felt like it felt so heavy and prescient with meaning, with deep meaning. And I was, it kind of wigged me out. So I 
um, I, when I started my blog in 2009, I wrote an essay and one of the first blog posts is about this event, this, uh, you know, exactly the story I just told. And I had it written up as a diary entry, which nice makes for a nice blog post. But after I posted it, I was like, I need to get a hold of Kristen. She had long since moved out of the valley and, and we still kept in touch over email. I said, I got to get a hold of her and ask her why or what was going on that first night when she saw the owls. Because I wrote it right in the essay that, you know, she was giving, she was talking about something. So I got a hold of her and, and, and uh, I asked her, like, Kristen, what were you talking about right at the moment the first owls showed up on that first night camping? And she said, oh, oh, I remember exactly what I was talking about. I was giving my most heartfelt definition of what God meant to me. And that took an already powerful story. And for me, it just pushed it into the realm of, like, transcendent. It really flipped me out. Uh, and... So from, and, and here's one more detail. I'll tell you what, uh, let's hold that detail for a oh, second. Sure. Mike Cleland joins us. The book is The Messengers. With Gene and Chris, you're in. Woohoo! The Paracast. Wishing you the brightest of Christmas seasons and best wishes for the new year from the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Conspiracy Journal is your number one source for the hidden world of the weird and strange. We bring you thought-provoking and controversial material for free-thinking individuals who are seeking what is really going on in our world today. Some of this material may adversely affect you. Other pieces are meant to enlighten. Either way, be prepared to be intrigued by such things as the reality of UFOs, ghosts, strange creatures from time and space, hidden conspiracies, time travel, Nikola Tesla, suppressed technology, and a whole lot more. You can find out more by visiting our website at conspiracyjournal.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter sent directly to your email address. Find out what they don't want you to know. As the cold and flu season approaches, Silver Lungs is ready to help you and your family through the toughest of the year by supporting your immune system and overall health. From our best-selling colloidal silver generating system to our entire line of silver-based skin gels, nasal sprays, soaps, and silver solutions. Silver solutions remain one of nature's most powerful and least expensive antibacterial agents. Now you can produce your own for pennies a day in the comfort of your home using the breakthrough technology of the Silver Lungs Generator. Learn more today at www.silverlungs.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. 
owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. As your body ages, there's a 10% decline in your ability to repair each passing decade after the age 28. By age 40, your ability to repair from demanding manual labor, exercise, or a stressful desk job has declined by 12%. By using One World Way, you supercharge your body's ability to repair and eliminate inflammation. Our unique frequency-encoded whey protein, coupled with our high-quality whey, improves your cell's ability to make protein, which is to say, repair itself. My name is Jonathan Wright, and I'm 40 years old. I recently went from a desk job to a manual labor job. Normally, I'm worn out. With energy-enhanced One World Way, I now recover so quickly that I can perform very hard work all day long. I use Energy Enhanced One World Way for breakfast and lunch, and I experience less hunger throughout the day. I have a 30% increase in energy, and I just feel better. I plan to make Energy Enhanced One World Way a permanent part of my lifestyle. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, so the owls have taken over Chris's home. He's no longer there. We have those birds with the big eyes. And they filled his place. Mike Cleland, the messengers, is telling us more about this early multifaceted encounter, Mike? So the, the account I just shared took place in 2006, in the autumn of 2006. I was, um, at that point, I was very interested in the UFO subject. And I had a few experiences of my own that were kind of telling in their own way. And, and actually, we talked about those experiences when I was on the Paracast, uh, this is going back in 2009. I, I had a pretty good working knowledge having read books by, you know, um, Whitley Strieber and Bud Hopkins and and, uh, and John Mack, you know, the, that those types of books. So, I was, uh, when I saw those owls in the mountains, in the moment, looking at those owls, this is, this is an owl, it's, you know, 18 inches tall. It's, well, probably less than that, about a foot tall, standing on the ground. I knew there was a voice in my head. I mean, there was a, there was a very clear knowing in my head that said, this has something to do with the UFOs. Uh, that was a little embarrassing. I couldn't really say that right in the moment. I was like, well, how do you blurt that out? But I knew it. I felt it. Uh, looking at those owls, real owls, I was saying to myself, this has something to do with UFOs, and I didn't know why. Uh, so that was part of my own research, too, that later— uh, so, so there, within the UFO uh, 
abduction lore. There are accounts of people who see great big owls, right? They'll be driving down the road at night. They'll see a uh, four-foot-tall owl in the um, in the road in front of them. And then they'll have, you know, some missing time and all of a sudden they'll get home and they'll realize, oh, this is something odd. I should have been home at midnight. Instead, it's 2 a.m. Uh, so I knew those those screen memory stories. And when I was looking at these owls, I'm like, no, these are real owls. But I still was kind of freaked out. So there was, even though it was only in my mind, I had a knowing of the UFO thing. So that those experiences in the, the, the autumn of 2006 became the foundation for my own, I guess, inner journey. And that, that then became the, uh, an online essay that I wrote a couple of years ago that was posted online, which then became this great big thick book that you, you both have. Okay. So we're talking here at the beginning of something that is related to UFO related encounters. We are talking about something that is somehow tied into uh, UFO encounters. And it is, it's a little murky. It took me a lot of, I mean, it takes a lot of ink. It took me 400 pages nearly to make my point, but, but I'm, I'm at this point thoroughly convinced that there's a connection. I don't know what the connection in, but I is, but I know there is a connection, uh, between UFOs and the, uh, the owl, these owl sightings. I I've got a really good, uh, story that kind of dovetails nicely. Back in, I think it was 95 or 94, fairly early on in my investigative process uh, as it unfolded in the San Luis Valley in Colorado, I got a call one night and um, it was in the spring, late spring, and somebody called and said, there's an invisible UFO landed behind my house. And I said, well, how do you know it's there if it's invisible? And they says, because it's beeping. And I said, well, what do you mean? They said, well, it's been going on for almost an hour, and it's just it sounds like a truck backing up. It's beep, 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 beep. It's There's no variation in the, the interval between the beeps, and it's freaking me out. Can you come over? And so I came over, and I didn't hear anything. And I thought, well, this person <laughs> maybe has been partying too much or has some sort of... I don't know, issues or whatever, even though I knew them pretty well. You know, I kind of joked around and said, well, sorry, you know, (laughs) I don't hear anything. And I went back home, and then I get another call from a neighbor of hers saying, there's this weird beeping sound, uh, you know, near my house. And I I said, well, you know, so-and-so just called me and and said the same thing. And so by this time, it was getting late, and I didn't want to go out and, you know, have nothing be there again. So um, the following night, I got a call again from somebody else in a different location uh, claiming that there was this weird beeping sound. And everybody was convinced it was a UFO. I mean, that was the automatic assumption, which I found very curious. And uh, and this person was fairly close to my house. And so I ran outside, ran up on the porch, and uh, climbed up on the roof and listened very carefully. And I heard a faint beeping sound. And I thought, what the heck is that? And then right as that ended... I heard another beeping sound way out in the distance that I could just barely hear, and I thought it was my ears playing tricks on me. It turns out, you know, I started doing some research on this because I was very intrigued. Uh, It it sounded so mechanical and so uh, just, I mean, if that beep was was a drummer keeping time, I mean, it would have been the best drummer in the world. It was just so mechanical and so perfect and precise. And so I went to a... um, 
a friend of mine who's a kind of an amateur ornithologist and worked for the Department of Interior. Is a really brilliant woman, and uh, she helped me do a research project. And what did we find out? That well, she did, and she came to me and said, "You know, this is a rare sighting. Uh, you know, out of their range of the smallest owl. It's only about four inches high, and its mating call is a forty-five minute." beeping sound <laughs> that uh, goes on without a hitch for 45 minutes and then there'll be a response hopefully from from a female and so sure enough we uh, we track these two owls around uh, for the next couple of days or nights I should say uh, we never were able to to spot it and it has a weird name it's like a a pitilated owl? It's a, or no, a, it's a saw wet owl. S A W W H E T. Saw wet owl. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah. The very, and, and it has this, re- you know, I heard it, and it's the most amazingly mechanical. It's the most mechanical sounding thing I've ever heard in nature. Way more than a cicada or a cricket or anything. And But they're not supposed to be at high altitude in southern uh, Colorado. They were quite a, quite a distance outside of their range, which I found very intriguing. But the connection to the UFO, of course, is everybody that heard this thing, you know, if it was near, were convinced that it was a UFO. Now, in the book, there is a chapter, I, as you were talking, I pulled this the book out, and I'm, I'm looking at page, page 223, and the chapter is called uh, Beeping UFOs, and it is about exactly what you're talking about. So, so here we have an overlap. You just described an overlap with owls and UFOs, okay? So an owl is mistakenly reported as a UFO, Okay, so so they're overlapping. It's easy, it's easy to dismiss on some levels. Now, here's where it gets strange. There is a woman. Her name is Lindy Tucker. I'm not sure. Are you familiar with her, researcher? Lindy yeah, is Lindy's her first been name? around for a while. Yeah, yeah. So Lindy Tucker has a website, which is just uh, within the last year or so came online, called Beeping UFOs, where she has been collecting audio of UFOs. And oftentimes these are people with a microphone looking at a hovering UFO, a hovering flying saucer, and they are recording in the moment the noise. And the noise is exactly what you describe. Now, Lindy Tucker has been doing research where she has been collecting these recordings of UFOs. This is people, you know, with a recording device uh, where there's a couple accounts of a cops who were looking at UFOs, hovering flying saucers, and at the same time hearing this very mechanical beeping noise. It gets strange. The Air Force did a uh, study of, of what you can't hear any of these. This is in the Condon Report. They said they acquired recordings of UFOs and they wrote them off to the sound of the saw wet owl, exactly what, uh, what, uh, Chris was describing. Now, the recordings that Lindy had collected, there was another researcher in the West Coast. Lindy was in Ontario, Canada. There's another, uh, the West Coast of America, and a guy I think in Washington State had been collecting audio recordings too. Um, these were people who, you know, were seeing UFOs and recording these things at the same time. They, uh, the recordings of the saw wet owl, which are very easy to get, right? Just a normal owl, you can record that kind of thing. The UFOs are very difficult to get. You would you would compare these two recordings and look at the audio signature using um, sound equipment, advanced sound equipment. You would analyze the audio signature, and it was uh, I think his name is Ronald Stearman from um, the University of Texas in Austin in the early '90s did a very detailed study of both these sounds back to back, and he concluded that the beeping noises collected by Lindy Tucker were not saw wet owls. Now, we're about a third of the way through this week's episode, 
But that's not all. Not by a long shot. Now, after the Paracast ends, we'll have more to come with After the Paracast, our wrap-up radio show. If you want to hear it, you have to be a member of the Paracast Plus, our premium service, which also includes the ad-free version of this show. We're starting to add show transcripts. The videos are coming. Lots coming. To learn more about the Paracast Plus, go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. So let's continue our discussion with Mike Clellan. He's the author of The Messengers with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Mike Clellan is author of The Messengers, and he's putting together here the background of his UFO-related experiences. Go ahead, please. So, uh, Lindy Tucker, researcher, has collected these uh, audio recordings of UFOs. She had been seeing UFOs out her back door in Orton, Ontario in uh, 1975, and she uh, they had been making this strange beeping noise. So she got a, uh, there was a friend with her also named Chris, by the way, and they went out and um, 
recorded at night. They, the UFOs appeared. They started making this noise, this beeping noise. She recorded it very loud, exactly what Chris describes, very mechanical, very steady. This was then analyzed, as I said just before the break, and uh, was determined uh, by uh, Professor Ronald Stearman at the University of Texas in Austin that they were not the same as a, that what she had recorded was not the same as a saw wet owl. Sounded very similar, but when analyzed, the audio signature was slightly different. Now, what gets very weird here in that initial recording. Lindy Tucker, her first recording from 1975, you can hear it, and she she plays it on her website. This is well worth anyone. You just Google uh, beeping UFOs. A website will come up. These are, these recordings are all there, including recordings of of uh, saw wet owls to compare. All the data is there from from the uh, University of Austin study that was done in the early 90s. Now, when you listen to that first initial recording that Lindy made. There's crickets in the background, a little wind rustling in there. And there is also the unmistakable hooting of a great horned owl. So here we have an overlap of a great horned owl and a beeping. If, 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 and I've spoken at length with Lindy, and I trust that she's not you know, pulling my leg, and a UFO that is making a beeping noise, very similar to an owl. But there's an overlap with the hooting of a great horned owl. And in, in this research, I would love to get... A photograph, right? You get somebody takes a photograph and they're looking up, and they, you know, there's a maybe a telephone wire with an owl on the telephone wire, and in the background is a you know hovering UFO. I would love to get that photograph. That does, as far as I know, it doesn't exist, but I do have, like I did, like this audio recording exists where this this beeping sound is overlapping with the great horned owl, which has the low baritone hooting that we associate with like you know haunted house movies. Now, one more thing happened. So Lindy wrote up her her research and it was published i think in 92 oh let me just look i'm gonna turn the page here 94 excuse me yeah she published an article in 1994 in the mufon journal and the title of the article is tracing sound to ufo encounters and it's an excellent article it's easily googled it's on her website beeping ufos but what she doesn't talk about in the website and and what i in my personal conversations with her, she uh, this 94 is back in ancient history when if you wanted to send something to an organization like MUFON to put in a journal, you had to put a piece of paper, a stack of papers in an envelope and then mail them so that they would, you know, so they would receive the report. She uh, had her, her said her desk was messy. She was looking for this thing. The deadline had already was on, you know, was on her. So she was kind of frantic looking for the, the article she had written middle of the day, Windows are open. She uh, is searching through the papers. She finds the article. She puts her finger on the article. And as soon as her finger touches the article about beeping UFOs, the same profound mechanical beeping comes in through the open windows. She never saw a UFO at this event, but she heard the profound beeping coming through the windows as she found and touched the article she had written about beeping UFOs. And this is, this is the kind of story that I, I've been trying to document in this book, these stories that have kind of, you know, multiple overlapping threads, and you pull on any one of these threads, and it just traces back to, I guess, almost even more weirdness. And in a way, these are the kind of stories I like, so it's been a delight for me to do this research, because it's been just engrossing and fascinating for me. Yeah, I love the synchronicity uh, elements that kind of weave all through your um your work uh it's and and also you know you're 
I remember when you called me the one time prior to, uh, I think, appearing on, um, being one of the first guests on your podcast, and we had had a parliament of owls that appeared in Missouri. A hundred, hundreds of owls appeared on a farm covering fence, fence lines and trees. Extremely rare. I, I, I didn't even know owls got together in groups, <laughs> to be honest. And, of course, a group of owls is called what? A parliament of owls going back or, or to Or a our, wisdom of owls. Our, yeah, our Greek, uh, our Greek sort of analogy. But uh, I remember you drew a line from the owls. And the uh, to where you were, I think in Idaho, and and right at that time, uh, I think Mac Tone's uh, apartment was right on that line, and I thought to myself, my goodness, if I if I get a protractor out and a ruler, and I start drawing lines from uh, from events and uh, the the synchronistic uh, elements of of things lining up in a straight line and. And um, Andrew Owen, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's a listener uh, and a friend of the show. He he came up with a whole book called The Roswell Triangle that was based on your just kind of observation that if you draw, if you take a ruler and draw a straight line, uh, you have this synchronistic, you know, everything lines up uh, or things that are important to you line up like that. Um, have you done more uh, work along these lines? I, 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 I see a, a few mentions of this, but... Uh, do you think people should be doing this? Should be, uh, you know, going out and actively seeking for synchronicities and for correlations? And 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 what sort of advice would you give people, uh, just generally in this in this regard? Well, so uh, let me first the, the thing about the map and the line in Mac Tony's apartment. It didn't run right through Mac Tony's apartment. It got very close though, and it certainly uh, and. The, it that story, oh, yeah, yeah, that story is is almost like a like a descent into my own form of madness in a way where so many things were lining up uh, on that uh, uh, you know on, on a series of lines, um, and you know including my cabin and it actually eventually made a great big triangle shape and I had all these powerful events that had happened to me that like were lining up on these things and these lines were not I mean these were like eight hundred mile long lines. That's all archived on the blog in a series of of uh, blog posts that are all um, noted as the map um, or triangle on the map. Now, uh, as far as advice I would give, um, you know, I think Nick Redford talks about this and he says, you know, he knows he's on to something in a, in a case, in a report. Uh, you know, he's researching paranormal stuff, UFOs and things. He knows he's on to things when synchronicities start appearing in his life at the time he's doing the research. He knows the research in a way is valid uh, because of the, the synchronicities. And I've, I've sort of come to that same conclusion. I almost at the point now, if I don't get synchronicities, I'm a little worried that I'm, that I'm a little, I've strayed. But um, as far as advice, yeah, you know, so I mean, you can go crazy if you try to, you know, like, uh, you don't start your own religion just because he had a synchronicity. Let me put it that way. Um, but the, the, these things... And talking to other researchers, and especially talking to experiencers, people have had the UFO contact experience, uh, synchronicities will show up or seem to show up in a, in a higher, more profound way to people who've had the UFO contact experience. And I said this to a friend of mine. I kind of was on my high horse. And I said, you know, people who have UFO contact experiences, they have more synchronicities than the rest of the people. And she kind of rolled her eyes and said, anyone on a spiritual path will have more synchronicities, which I think is true. Uh, and the way she said it, it forced me to sort of step back and look at the UFO contact experience in the framework of a spiritual path. And I found that that 
the, looking at it that way was incredibly fruitful. So if you're a nuts and bolts researcher wanting to go out and just measure the burn marks in the yard and uh, and then you know call the, uh, the, the you know the control tower at the nearest airport after a UFO sighting, my sense is you might not be getting as many synchronicities as the someone who then sits with the the witness and listens to their experiences as well as you know ask the questions has how has your spirituality change has your how's your thoughts on religion changed since your sighting those folks might get more synchronicities i i don't know if that's true or not i'm just kind of pondering that it might be that way all right i'm trying to focus here and we're going to do it in our next segment on how this impacted you personally what kind of experience or experiences did Mike Cleland have that led to all these owls and all these synchronicities? With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. 
Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So let's put that out on the table now. What did you uncover about possible UFO-related encounters for yourself? Well, uh, to tell that correctly might take, you know, the rest of the show. Uh, (laughs) Because (laughs) in the book, the last, uh, you know, 30 pages or so is me describing something that I refer to as my confirmation event. And 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 I would be cautious to try to unravel that whole tangled knot of stuff here. What I can say is that I was coming back from um, a UFO conference. And Chris, you were probably there. We probably talked while I was there. It was the UFO conference in February of 2013. Uh, In late February, I was coming back from that conference near Phoenix, uh, the International UFO Congress. And I had been going there, you know, year after year for a number of years. And so on the drive back, I slept on the side of the road, which is something I do, slept under the stars. No need to get a hotel room in a beautiful place where I was driving. I was living at the time in Idaho. So to get from Arizona to Idaho, you got to drive through Utah. So I was driving through a beautiful section of Southern Utah. Sun went down, I camped on the side of the road and I just slept in this wonderful little turnout on this quiet little highway. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I looked up at this hillside and I said to myself, you know, my first thought was, that looks just like a landed flying saucer. It was a big, round structure with lights ringing around the edge of it. And I said to myself, uh, you know, um, you know, like I felt like I was kind of attuned and had my own kind of psychic mojo in a way. And I said, hey, if, I, if this is a UFO, I'm going to know it. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to have some intuitive knowing that this is a UFO, a landed flying saucer. So I sat there and I just kind of like, like tried to sense anything. I sensed nothing at all. And I just rolled over and went back to sleep. And I woke up. Um, three more times. You know the. You know what it looked like. Did you remember that movie Sleeper with uh, Woody Allen, where they there's a big round house on the on a on a hillside? 
I don't. I didn't see a lot of those early Woody Allen movies, which is, of course, my fault. Well, anyway, there's a there's a house in it, and that's what it looked just like. So just imagine like a kind of a trophy home in Malibu up on a hillside that uh, some, you know, uh, architect from the 1960s, you know, flamboyantly created a, 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 a like, you know, a round structure with windows around the edges. That's exactly what it looked like. I woke up three times that same night. One time I heard a coyote, and I will tell you that this coyote felt like it was... I don't want to say inches from my head. That would be an exaggeration, but a few yards from my head. I was lying in the dirt near the sagebrush and stuff like that. There were bushes around. I never saw anything, but I have slept outside and I've lived outside in the West for a quarter of a century. And I've heard a lot of coyotes. I have never, ever heard anything that close. Yapping away, howling away. It wasn't scary at all. I wasn't intimidated by a you know, coyote, but it was so magical. So I'm lying there listening to this coyote, looking at this round structure lit up on the top of this hillside. Now the hillside was 1.6 miles away. I'm very good with maps. I've measured all this stuff. I got, I got like, I got obsessed about this. I figured out the GPS coordinates of where I was lying and where the meadow at the top of the hill, the only spot this thing could have been. So whatever it was, was big to be seen so clearly. I mean, obviously desert night air is very clear, but to be seen so clearly 1.6 miles away, I went to bed I went back to sleep. I woke up again, and there was a kind of an odd light on the other side of the bush right near me. I sat up. I looked right. I looked left. I tried to kind of do the thing where you move your head side to side to look. So I couldn't see anything. It just I was like, it didn't seem like anyone with a flashlight. It didn't seem like car headlights. I didn't know what it was. So I just laid down, went back to sleep, and again, looked up at that, that round structure on the hill. The next morning, I got up early and drove home about a 10-hour drive from from where I was sleeping in southern Utah to my home in Idaho at the time. Uh, when I got home, I did something. I, I kind of was, was nagging at me, like, what was that building? So I looked up on Google Maps, and there's nothing there. You know, understandably, the, the building could have been built after the map was made. Uh, so I didn't really know, you know, after the satellite photographs were, were made. I mean, if there was a real building there, there'd have to be a road, there'd have to be, you know, power lines. These things would be easily seen in a, in a satellite imagery just on, you know, a Google search. So I didn't find anything. After that search, I was standing near my desk and I had the unmistakably clear, that was having, only happened to me a few times where I basically had a psychic vision. I had a brief one second psychic vision of seeing a map in my mind's eye. And it was a map of Southern Utah. It was a perfectly straight line with three dots on the straight line, all lined up on the straight line. And I knew what one of them was. One of them on the uh, westernmost side, the left side, would have been the event that had just happened the night before in Southern Utah. That would have been the event of, of uh, March 10th, 2013, the one I just explained of seeing the round craft. After doing some work and some digging in my own experiences, I realized there were three quite profound events. The other two were also equally profound. Um, one of them is very telling. I was the, the, the farthest one on the right, the easternmost dot on the line, was an event that took place in May of 2010. And on that event, I was camping near Dolores, Colorado with a friend and in the middle of the night had this sense that I was floating out of the tent and had this sense that I was in a white room and then had this sense that and the next morning I had an odd scratch on me. Um, all of this was very telling. This The dot in the center took me a little while to pinpoint and that was an event where I was lying on the ground 
listening to the sound of a great horned owl. It, very similar in a way to the coyote I just explained. The great horned owl was extremely close. I never saw it, but I sensed it was in the bushes right next to me. Great horned owl has that beautiful, calm, classic, low hooting noise. So I was just this magical experience out in the desert. My friend, uh, her name is Natasha, was jet lagged. She was camping with me. She had been traveling from Germany, so she couldn't sleep. All I could do, I'd been driving all day. We were driving around the desert uh, after the UFO Congress, this would have been the, the dot in the middle. I'm, I apologize. I'm explaining something very visual using using words here. But the dot in the middle was an event that took place on, in uh, March of 2011. And while going on a walk, saw a bright orb, like a floating orb the size of a beach ball. It frightened her. She got a good view of it. It, it, uh, it kind of poofed and disappeared. She watched it kind of flash and disappeared. Very much scared her. I'm telling this story quicker than I should, but uh, when she got back to me where I was lying listening to this owl, she said, we got to leave. She explained what had just happened. We packed up the car and left. But what happened was, so you have two points on a map, right? You have a single line between them. You can make that a perfectly straight line. And the event with the orb and the listening to the owl lying on my back, this is near a town called Boulder, Utah, that where I was lying, because I could zoom in to the little turnoff, the little parking turnoff using Google Maps, and I could make that, that line one pixel thick, and that line seemed to bisect the spot I was lying in, like basically where my sleeping pad would have been, was, was that line passed over that. And, you know, in olden times, like 10 years ago, before the advent of Google Maps, uh, you know, I would have had to take a paper map and a pencil, right? And lay a straight ruler down and run the pencil between the two spots. And in doing so, you know, that, that pencil line might be a mile thick. Uh, this isn't the case. I mean, this, is, this was so precise, and it freaked me out. I'll tell you because- what, we'll be freaked out if we don't break. Mike Clellan explaining his experiences, and so it'll take a while to flesh this out. Now, I'll ask him to be as brief as possible, but we do have six more segments, and we'll fill them. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. From our family to yours, have a very Merry Christmas. We are the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad. But boy, was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. 
They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call a place for mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call a place for mom at 1-800-704-6182. A place for mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call a place for mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. We've had an amazing year here at Supernatural Silver. We've truly enjoyed the fantastic response from thousands of people as they've tried our extraordinary product. And we're thrilled at the life-changing results people have. Our company email is continually full of happy, satisfied customers who thank us for the help they've received from Supernatural Silver. This holiday season, as you think of gifts to give your loved ones, consider giving Supernatural Silver a gift that can help provide good health and wellness, a gift that can change lives and make a real difference in a world where we are constantly exposed to dangerous health threats. Give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance. Give Supernatural Silver. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code HOLIDAY2015 for 20% off. And this holiday season, we wish you and yours the blessings of peace and good health from all of us here at SupernaturalSilver.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we're talking to Mike Cleland, author of The Messengers, about his personal experience that he's explaining with a lot of background about his UFO encounter and all the ramifications. Go on, please. Well, UFO encounter, I'm very cautious because there's actually no UFO involved in this story. This the story with what I saw was a in March 10th of 2010 was a a, a round structure on a hill. I'm not going to go beyond that. Uh, you know, that's what I saw. And then I have since gone back to that spot and there's nothing there. There's nothing there. And if that thing was 1.6 miles away in the size it looked to be, it would have been enormous and it would have you know been so there's nothing there just before the break i had explained that this event the event being lining these three dots up on the map exactly precisely in a straight line these three powerful 
what I consider paranormal experiences lined up exactly on a map. At that point, it felt like my life had changed. Like I had leading up to that point, I had been kind of, you know, stressed out. I'd been in this place of searching. It had been in this place of yearning. Like, like is, are these experiences in my life real or are these sort of UFO things that have intersected my life? Are they, did they really happen? And after that, uh, you know, like seeing that line, when I clicked on that Google, you know, program and just made that little line appear on the map, you know, from that point on, I was different. You know, I recognized right away, like, oh, all my doubts are now gone. All my doubts are gone. I am, I am in a place of knowing. I don't know the source of any of this, but I do, I can say with absolute conviction that something has intersected with my life. So you, the, this all started with your question, like, what are my own experiences with these owls and this UFO stuff? Now, here's a story which has an owl right in the center. And then it also has a, uh, like a, the classic trickster of the Southwest, which is the coyote, and one other of the points on the map. So I explain this in much, much greater detail in the, the culmination of the book. But this event, these sets of events, were, I guess in a way, the reason I wrote the book was to impress upon, well, I guess in a way to impress upon myself. I had been doing this research, and it had been so like in a way rewarding for me. Like it was this, it was, you know, people have asked me, who'd you write the book for? And I'm very clear I wrote it for myself because I just found this stuff so fascinating. And um, other people have had, if not the similar experiences, hard to say anyone said the exact same experience, but enough similar experiences that this owl overlap with this UFO stuff is somehow valid as it's a valid thing. It's not like I don't feel like I'm pulling it out of the ether and just kind of just kind of uh, you know making it up. I'm I'm quite convinced that there's a, there's a wealth of information here, and within these stories is almost a deeper story because often these stories are just sort of littered or or you know like a like a, the tapestry is just woven so tightly with these strange synchronicities. Now the owl is often also used as a possible screen memory for an abduction. So do we have one of those in here or what? Well, there is a chapter in the book on screen memories, and in a way, I got that chapter. I put it in the beginning of the book, close to the beginning, because I wanted to to, to describe the, the screen memory, to address the screen memory, and then kind of move beyond it. But the classic screen memory comes in the form of someone driving down the road at night. You know, they drive down the road at night, and there's a four-foot owl. Uh, they are shocked to see a big owl standing in the road. They don't understand it. And then uh, they drive on, and suddenly, they're when they arrive home, there's some hours of missing time. This story has been repeated to me over and over again in a way that I find uh, hard to, it's been repeated to me so many times that something is going on. Now, owls simply do not get to be four foot tall. A three foot tall owl would be impossible, you know, on, on planet earth. Owls can get just above 30 inches from tip to tail in flight, but they're, they can't really stand three foot tall from on their feet on the ground. So what people are describing, if someone says, and I've heard it more than once, where people pull right up to the owl, and then it's actually taller than the front of their car, taller than the hood of their car, that's, that's, there's nothing on earth, that an owl, that can do that. Um, standing on the pavement in front of a car, you pull up, it looks at you over the hood. But I, but I hear these accounts repeatedly. Now, the implication is that they're seeing something that's not an owl. They're seeing it like what would be a gray alien, uh, often under hypnosis, 
bag of worms is its own problematic thing, you know, someone under hypnosis, but they will describe, the hypnotherapist will say, well, describe the owl. And the person saying, well, the owl's bald, it has big black eyes, it's skinny, it's wearing a tight-fitting uniform. So if the UFO occupant, the little gray alien, let's say, is, is somehow putting a, a memory, injecting a memory or a co-opting the person's psyche in a way where they're projecting a vision of an owl instead of seeing the gray alien. There's any number of reasons they might do that. One is simply that the the gray alien looks a little bit like an owl, right? I mean, they've got big eyes and and they're seen at night, so it's not it's not that big of a leap that they would pick that to be their screen memory. But I I don't know if that's true or not. If they're doing that just because there's a slight resemblance. The, the screen memory thing is fascinating, but to me, the more fascinating aspect is people who are seeing real owls in connection to their, to their contact experiences. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who said, you know, like, oh, I was having a lot of abduction experiences at this chapter in my life. And it's funny, I've never really told anyone this, but right around that time, there was an owl that would sit in a tree and watch me. It was there all the time. Or I would come home from work and there was an owl that would be, you know, in the bush right next to the door as I came home. These kinds of stories are not 100%, but they're enough. They're commonplace enough that I see these as a very real pattern. Um, why would owls appear in in conjunction with the UFO experience uh, the experiencer, I, I just, it's, it, to me, it's a genuine mystery. And it, that was the, that was the premise of the book was to explore this mystery. We have some questions, Mike, at, uh, forum.theparacast.com where our listeners get to ask our guests questions. And this question comes from Technomage, who always comes up with interesting questions. He's one of the few consistent people that, um, post at the forum that uh, really, you know, they do their homework and they ask great questions. But he's wondering if if owls are unique in this regard. And he's wondering, do your observations apply to ravens and crows? These types of birds are ever present in various mythologies. So I'd like to get a clarification on the differences between owls and other birds as far as your work is concerned. And as we know, uh, raven uh, in North American native traditions is considered a trickster figure and a crow um, similar, but uh, in a lesser sort of way. Of course, ravens are the smartest animal in the animal kingdom. Do you have similar stories with other birds or owls or are owls kind of head and shoulders um, above them? Well, on, on one sense, I just narrowed my research to owls. So I was only digging into the owl story. I certainly, there's certainly a wealth of of interesting stories with ravens and crows and hummingbirds actually show up too as a very totem and hawks, you know, people have these experience, but not in the context of the UFO thing that I found in any kind of meaningful way. Um, so, so the answer, the short answer is yes, there's an abundant mythology with ravens and crows and hummingbirds and, and other kinds of birds. But within the UFO context, I, I, I narrowed my focus to owls and owls only, um, though there is some overlapping. I don't think I had. I don't think I had any reports where people had odd experiences with ravens or crows. Though, and I, I echo that. I have not, uh, you know, just a kind of glancing back over <laughs> quite a bit of data. I don't recall. Um, I think one case there was a large flock 
of Ravens, uh, which was uh, kind of unusual. But other than that, um, I don't have any. Yeah, and and, and uh, I mean, I'm sure they're they exist in some form, but I just I simply haven't stumbled upon them. Hey, if I get too long winded, feel free to butt in, you know, because I feel like I'm, <clears throat> I'm yeah, no I'm drinking no, coffee here, so I got a, I got a big I got a big cup of coffee that I'm chugging down, and it makes me pretty gabby. So. No problem, no problem. Uh, uh, this is fascinating stuff, and I'm sure um, you know our listeners are going to agree. You okay. know what? Let's do our break while he downs that coffee. With Gene and Chris and Mike Cleland, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. As the cold and flu season approaches, Silver Lungs is ready to help you and your family through the toughest of the year by supporting your immune system and overall health. From our best-selling colloidal silver generating system to our entire line of silver-based skin gels, nasal sprays, soaps, and silver solutions, Silver Solutions remain one of nature's most powerful and least expensive antibacterial agents. Now you can produce your own for pennies a day in the comfort of your home using the breakthrough technology of the Silver Lungs Generator. Learn more today at www.silverlungs.com. Attention all men. Are you urinating more frequently? Do you wake up to urinate? Are you having a slower, weaker stream? Don't ignore the warning signs of your aging prostate. Get your free bottle of Super Beta Prostate. Super Beta Prostate is guaranteed to support a more complete emptying of your bladder, a fuller, stronger stream, and less waking at night to urinate. Super Beta Prostate is a product that I really like. I endorse it. I use it myself. I was 
very pleasantly surprised that Super Beta Prostate helped me fairly quickly. Super Beta Prostate is formulated with a natural plant enzyme called beta cytosterol. It's so powerful, you'd have to take 100 Saul Palmetto pills to get the same sterols as just one Super Beta Prostate tablet. Don't ignore the warning signs of your aging prostate. Call now to get your free bottle of Super Beta Prostate. Call 1-800-853-1203. That's 1-800-853-1203. 800-853-1203. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. This is Kurt Southern, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. I want to ask my clone a quick question about this. So it's common with possible abductions that you have this owl symbolism. But I want to clarify this and understand it. Are we assuming we're putting that picture on it, or is E.T., if E.T. or whatever forces involved in abductions, presenting this possible screen memory But the other larger question here is, is the UFO abduction experience itself a possible screen memory or camouflage for something else that we don't understand? We're trying to interpret it in a way we do understand. Okay, I address all of that in the book, and it's very murky. I mean, I kind of like, you know, go down one avenue of thought and, you know, pull on the threads as much as I can. Then I back up and I go down another avenue of thought. So as far as I can tell... The UFO, um, let's just begin with the, the, the premise that the UFO abduction experience, the contact experience is something real, something really happening to people. Uh, people are, in my sense, that some of these things may be visionary, you know, they may be in a kind of uh, dreamlike realm. Uh, and then other experiences, I think, can be quite literal. You know, people come back with scars, with scratches, with with marks. People have burn marks in the yard. There's uh, associated witnesses that will tell of seeing UFOs you know, over the house when a contact experience takes place. Those are very rare, but those those are in the literature. There's multiple witness cases where, you know, multiple people are taken. So, you know, starting from the point that the UFO abduction experience is legitimate and real. Within that, you get these reports of the screen memory. Someone says they see a four-foot-tall owl on their back porch. You know, they go and look at it. The next thing they know, it's morning, and they don't know how the the sun is suddenly coming up. Uh, There's an element of missing time there. That kind of report is fairly common in the lore. When you examine that, it's not a four-foot-tall owl. It's something else on the back porch. It's presumably an alien, quite probably one of the gray aliens that's become so ubiquitous. Now, the real owls... This is where it gets, this is where I was really drawn. And partially because that's, I felt strongly when I was seeing owls, a lot of owls in, in the initial years of my own self and, you know, self research, the real owls were, how to say it? Um, And I mean, they had a power to them. You know, you see an owl, you're struck by it. You, you, you're, there's a, there's a, there's a weight to it. Um, And I think ancient people as well as modern people, you know, sense that. So why are UFO abductees reporting real owls in conjunction with 
their contact experiences. I have a few accounts, not many, but if, well, actually a surprising number, but people seeing, uh, for an example, uh, someone's sitting in the forest, they're with some friends, they look up and there's a there's an owl at the tippy top of a tree. The next thing that happens, the owl flies off and then a giant triangular ship flies over. Uh, this one woman described this this exact experience and she told of the ship basically, said, well, it wasn't like a metal ship. It was almost like a interdimensional crystalline thing she she was fighting for words to describe this thing like it was a like flittering through uh through our reality and overlapping somehow so these these stories are what was fascinating me and those were the threads that i was pulling on i have a question here that um it you know it kind of dovetails from um you know what you're describing in terms of like potential screen memories this comes from raven's feet and she says that in your chapter on owls as screen memories, you document a number of stories in which owls are seen but are too large or wearing boots or indulging in other strange behavior. And so you suggest, understandably, that these are not real owls. But when people tell similar stories that feature spindly grays, you seem to accept the veracity of what is being seen. If the appearance of the forfeit owls are not to be believed, why should we not also think that the reports of gray aliens are also unrepresentative of an objective reality? Good question. If we assume witnesses are having some of their memories screened or vision distorted, how can we ever tell which parts of witness reports represent something approaching the truth? That's the challenge, isn't it? I mean, that's the challenge. And I, and in a way, as I get into the meat of the book, I wrestle with these grander questions. You know, like this is, you're getting into what's the fabric of reality when you start to to go down these avenues of thought. Yes, I mean, so uh, so here's the story. So this woman, her name is, uh, um, her pen name is Lucretia Hart. And she told a story uh, when she's now in a, a woman in her 40s. And But at the time when this event took place, she had already had a lot of contact experiences and they had all happened at night. Um, so she was working at a summer camp for girls uh, out on the Pacific coast. So she's actually in the summer camp, walking from one building to another. She's walking along a little path that connects these, you know, these buildings. And um, she can actually hear the girls playing behind her. She's 19 years old. She turns a corner and right alongside the path is a gray alien standing full in the sunlight. And she, she doesn't even break her stride. It freaks her out so much. She just kind of tries to walk past it. And as these, she looks at the the gray alien, the gray alien looks at her. There's this, she describes it very beautifully in a written essay that she, she wrote. Um, she looks at the owl, excuse me, she looks at the alien and she hears in her mind this kind of echoing reverberation of owl, 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 owl. And she watches this thing morph into a giant owl and it turns around and runs into the woods. Uh, so, I mean, what am I to make it, of that? It story? runs into the woods? That's that, an interesting that's her, description. That's her. So this giant owl turns around and runs into the woods. She actually went back. She said it, it ran in an eerily smooth way, and she went back later and realized this is, I mean, this is where it gets very murky. She, she if it ran into the woods, there was a ditch it would have had to have crossed. So it would have had to step down and then step back up. So, but it didn't do that when she watched it. She said it ran in an eerily smooth way. Uh, now, you know, so here we were presented with something where a gray alien morphs into an owl. This is exactly the screen memory, right? So somehow she hears a psychic projection in her mind going owl, 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 owl. She 
watches this thing morph into an, an owl. The, the, the implication is that she caught this thing off guard. Very, very strange story. I mean, if these things are as psychically powerful as they're supposed to be, how do you catch them off guard? You know, um, if, you know, how, why would it, with the fact that it ran into the woods, but then it ran eerily smooth across a, a ditch, you know, opens even more questions, you know, what was really going on? Uh, so, like, I can't answer all these questions, but I can address the, the accounts, right? So, I, I mean, I trust the people that tell the story are telling the story as accurate as they can. And, but, but I just have to, I just have to, you know, retell the account that they shared. And then in, a, right. in, a, in an after fact, I can then speculate on, on the deeper implications. Well, that, that leads to another question that I think is very good from Raven's Fee, who's been a poster at forum.theparacast.com since uh, the end of May 2014. And she is one of many people that uh, log on to our question thread at forum.theparacast.com and ask questions of our guests. And she points out an interesting quote from Louis Pasteur that's translated as, quote, chance favors the prepared mind, unquote. So to what extent do you think experiencers or you uh, are co-authors of synchronistic events that, um, that people then later describe? I mean, what – do you get a sense of where – you know, that was her question in my follow-up to that is do you get a sense of there's a, a demarcation point between the reality of an experience and then where we actually co-create it? Uh, this is a, this is there's a chapter in the book called Doctor Kirby Surprise, and this is a fellow who published a book just a few years ago uh, with the title of Synchronicity. He's a I got to be very careful. I'm not sure his title. He's a doctor, and he works as a um, I'm not sure if he's a psychologist or psychiatrist right off the top of my head, um, but he wrote a book about synchronicity and the and his. Oh, how to like his sort of unified field theory on what might be at the source of the synchronicity. And his take on it is that the synchronicity is actually generated by the observer. In in him, it's a it's you know, it takes a whole book for him to make his point. And I try to make it in a few paragraphs when I paraphrase what you know what he shared. I had some long conversations with Dr. Surprise. Uh, which is his real name, which is, you know, in its own way, it just, it's a little quirky synchronicity right there. Um, <laughs> you he, would a, he would be a great guest on the show, by the way. He's an amazing uh, set of stories. And Make a so, note of that, Gino. Yeah. I so, shall. So he, um, in my conversations with him, right? So I, my first email to him was basically like, listen, I, I've heard you on some podcasts. I don't have your book yet. I plan on reading it. Um, I, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, have these UFO experiences in my life and I'm proceeding forward with the premise that UFO experiences have more synchronicities than the rest of the population. Let's go and stop right there for a second and then we'll get on. We have Mike Clellan. The book is The Messengers and it takes you beyond the usual simple thing. Oh, E.T. lands and E.T. abducts us. Not so simple. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Bearcast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Before we go on with this, why are people looking for the simple explanation for this? And you don't think of maybe a UFO abduction as simple. But there are a lot of people who take it just as it seems. E.T.'s coming here, E.T.'s landing, E.T. is taking us aboard to experiment with us, create a hybrid race. Is that just us taking the incomprehensible and making it a tad more comprehensible? In my, my sense is that, you know, the, 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 a little bit is happening at both ends. I mean, are the, are the UFO occupants co-opting their own appearance to match our need for like a technological outsider. I mean, if we turn the clock back a few thousand years and we were hanging out in, you know, in, at the base of, um, Mount Olympus, you know, and people were telling stories about the Greek gods. I mean, they'd all, all the gods were togas and they were, um, you know, that there was, they were seen in a light that the people of that time could, could comprehend. Now we live in a technological age and we're seeing you know, metal spaceships with little spindly versions of ourselves. Um, and besides, people wouldn't like us wearing togas. They'd think we were crazy. Especially if it's cold out, yeah. Sure. Or in a, you know, reboot of Animal House. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, in Star Trek, this seems like all the aliens somehow wore these flowy toga things and stuff, so. Well, it's uh, Valet 101, the, the 
I guess, a phenomenon. It tends to couch itself in the, the vernacular and the technology of the times. Sure, exactly. Yes, where it were reports from the 1950s, people told of you know being on board craft and they had, um, you know, uh, vacuum tubes and 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 such. And now there's like this almost virtual reality being described on the interior of the these craft. You know, a virtual holodeck in some of the reports. Well, it, it, so you know, excuse me for interrupting, but I just had a flash here. Perhaps uh, in the not too distant future. Kids playing, uh, you know, Tom Clancy Black Ops or video games, all of a sudden there'll be a new player that comes into the virtual reality and then springs out of their TV set and interacts with them. That that seems to be a logical next step. <laughs> well, I think we're, we're almost there with these folks with 3D glasses and, you know, the, the stereo sound effects. And yeah, so as far as the video game world. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, where was I? I was, at, I was talking about Dr. Kirby's surprise. Exactly. Okay, so Dr. Kirby Surprise, there's a chapter in the book about his research. So, so I get a hold of him. I say, uh, in the initial letter that I sent him, I say, listen, I, my premise is that folks with, with uh, UFO contact experiences uh, have more synchronicity than, this, you know, than the Joe Normal. And he sends back, gets back to me and says, well, you know, I don't really see it that way. You know, I've had my own UFO experiences and it's not really like that. I'm paraphrasing poorly right now as far as the letter. I could read it right from the book here. But the, but so so here's the author of a book called Synchronicity who says he's had UFO experiences. Then, I, then I'm like, I got to get a hold of this guy. So I get a hold of him. We have a couple short conversations and he says, listen, just read my book. Then we'll talk. So I got his book. I read it. And I something like on page 243. He describes where you can create your own synchronicities. And it's just a little point of intention. You go through a little process and just ask the universe for a synchronicity, and, and, uh, and they'll be generated. So the example he uses in his book, he says, uh, what I like to do for my synchronicities, I like to create owls. So he likes to create owl synchronicity. I almost dropped the book when I read that. So here's a guy who says he's had UFO experiences, writes a book about synchronicities, and on page 243, he says he likes to create owls. So at that point, I'm like, did I manifest Kirby surprise, you know, to like meet my own needs in this? In the book, I talk about, uh, we both, you know, I actually uh, transcribed a phone conversation, so I have it word for word in some of the things, where he talks about his own UFO experiences, which took place at a point when he was meditating a lot and uh, and was seeking counsel, in a way, from an outside source and getting this input. I want to be very careful. This is his experience, not mine. So, And, and, and the, what was manifesting was seeing like odd craft at night in the nighttime sky. Now he has he he feels that what he was experiences experience was self-generated, that he was at a point of such intense focus with his meditation as a young man, um, that it manifested in a way where the dialogue between him and the synchronistic world was manifesting as UFOs. So the, uh, he tells it much better than I do, and I will let the reader, uh, you know, sort of examine that chapter. But th- there's this overlap of these elements, and he talks about he had some beautiful quotes about owls, and a very smart guy. Much more when we talked, um, I, I was much. It was very much like the. I felt like I was the student, um, you know, visiting the shaman in a way. It was he was a, he's a quite a mystical fellow. And, and I just, he had a take on it that no one else has, whether he's correct, I don't know, 
But it was so fruitful for me to hear his take on this stuff because in a way, you know, he confirmed exactly what had been happening with me. He, he said, listen, if you start really digging into UFOs and owls with great intention, these stories are going to land in your lap. And that's exactly what has been happening where, where on a, on some level, I didn't do research on this book. Uh, all I did in a way was just get up in the morning and open my email inbox. And then I'd get a, a UFO and owl story. Someone would say, listen, I'll let her would start out something like this. I've never told this to anyone. Here's the story. And then I would get a hold of that person. We'd have some conversations. I'd write a little essay. I'd, do a little back and forth and have them approve the essay. Like they got to play fact checker. Anyone who's, you know, who I talk about in this book, for the most part, got to read their own account and then correct it, which I was grateful for because there's little details that they, that I got incorrectly. And through the back and forth process, I feel like I captured most of these stories extremely close to how they played out. So that, that makes me feel good as an author. But what was happening, as I said before, is these stories were just landing in my lap. I wasn't doing any research. I wasn't, you know, like I didn't go to any, I didn't roll my sleeves up and go to a library like, you know, might have happened in, you know, all the president's men. I just, you know, drank coffee and opened my, you know, email inbox every morning. And this stuff just was flooding in. So in a way, Dr. Surprise was correct. If I focus on this stuff with an profound amount of intention, I will get results. Synchronicity will allow these things to manifest in my life. Now, the people who contacted you during this process, did they say why they contacted you? Was it because they heard of your book or what? Well, either they found me online, they would say things like, oh, I did a Google thing, or and I found you online, or I talked to someone else and said, oh, you have an owl and UFO experience, you got to get a hold of this guy, Mike Cleland. So it was because of my online presence. I have, there's a um, YouTube video out there that was done a couple summers ago where I spoke on this owl research in England. And that's that that YouTube video is an hour and 45 minutes long. So it's me standing on stage talking about some stuff. And within that video, let me just as an aside, I talk at length about the map thing that started with the owls in Missouri that uh, Chris brought up earlier. And, and that's a very visual thing. So it's hard to talk about on the radio, but easy when you can stand on a stage with a PowerPoint. Some of those uh, photographs are amazing. There was a there's a short little video that I play this little video clip of, the, of this guy. Uh, the, I got a hold of the guy who actually took the photographs. <laughs> it took a lot of work to track him down. So I so I did actually play a little bit of research detective in this work. So, but I got a hold of this guy and and he showed me the video that he had taken. So it's just amazing. Yes, yeah, a beautiful set of short-eared owls on a on a fence post on a calm afternoon in snowy Missouri. Oh, anyway, where was I going with this? Oh, so that video that YouTube video of me giving the talk about an hour and 45 minutes long, uh, that generated so much stuff, people getting a hold of me. Literally people saying, you know, as I was watching the video, an owl landed on my windowsill outside my, you know, my window, um, you know, as I was watching the video. It's never happened before. never seen an owl at the house before. And here's an owl out my window as I'm watching this video. That story in one form or another repeated over and over again. And I, and I, um, and I, Right, there's a big long chapter that could have, I just could have been endless that chapter, but I had to rein it in. Um, and I think it's called the echo chamber, where I talk about the uh, owls showing up in conjunction with either people reading my blog, reading an online essay, or this YouTube video. And I suspect, I don't know for sure, but I suspect now that the book is out, there's going to be like a th- another wave of these reports coming in where people will say, "Oh, as I was reading your book, I had this." interesting owl experience. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I'm, I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at this point. So maybe there'll be a book too. 
We've got Mike Clellan joining us with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Removing bad taste and odor from your drinking water is easy. Removing the bad stuff you don't taste is what ProPure does best. Water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure countertop, inline gravity, and household water filtration products. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Or call 800-544-3533. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. A lot of people's lives and bodies are out of balance. 
AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops optimize pH level and get rid of harmful waste and acid. Just a few drops in water restores vibrance and energy and gets you back in balance. Now order two bottles and get $10 off your order. Sign up for monthly auto shipping and save 25%. Call 800-518-7615 or visit ALKAVision.com. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So having done this book, and obviously the process took a while, have you now accumulated information that says, you know what, we need to explore this further, maybe have a sequel? That's interesting. You should ask. And there will be a a companion book. Right now, the, the book is called Stories from the Messengers. And it's right on the, I've even got a little, little uh, mock-up of the cover, and it says Companion to the Messengers. What happened in while researching this book is I stumbled on, not stumbled on, I was like, just, just what I described earlier, these synchronistic stories would land in my lap, and I got these amazing accounts that are so complex, it takes to write them up as an essay, right? To write them up properly as an essay is 20 pages, right? And, you know, multiple people, multiple events, multiple, you know, timelines, people seeing owls here, people seeing owls there, you pull on the threads, it leads to some other weird synchronicity, uh, psychic experiences, these are, there's a, in the book I use the term Paradox syndrome. It's kind of a to describe these more complex, multi-layered stories. There's a paradox, right? So you, you're confronted with something, and the, the conclusion seems irrational, right? This, the stories don't make any sense, and because they are so multi-layered and so rife with synchronicities, and if you it's logically you, you kind of want to dismiss these accounts, but but on an intuitive level, this chaos almost of some of these accounts tends to, for me anyway, is a form of confirmation, right? These stories are so convoluted. They're so mixed up. There's so much stuff going on. You pull on any thread, it leads to another weird thing. To me, that is a form of confirmation that this account is genuine. I don't, whatever it might tie back to, what the source, what the core source of these experiences are, either anyone's guess. But what I can say is that there is you know, an odd set of experiences. So these are the stories that will be featured in a book. And this will be a short book, um, you know, 100 pages or so. And it will be released, hopefully, sometime early next year. The problem was I simply, the book is nearly 400 pages long. There was no way I could just kind of say, oh, here's another 20-page story, you know, like in the middle of a chapter. It would it would uh, ruin the flow of the chapter. So I was originally going to have an appendix in the book, and I, I decided not to do that. So along the way, it was just realized, like, oh, gosh, there's this stuff. I'm just going to push this stuff to the side, and it'll be in a second book. Well, it's interesting. Uh, you're talking about stories and accounts that are synchronistically and otherwise being fed fed to you, um, you know, in an echo chamber, sort of almost paradoxical fashion. And Ravensfee has an interesting observation, and – she writes, the majority of the reports you've compiled seem to be from Anglo countries, North America, Australia, the UK, and have occurred in the last 35 years. To what extent are these owl reports the result of a specific cultural or historic period, if you can answer that? And then secondly, do we see similar reports from non-white witnesses? And do we see reports from India, China, 
in you know other the southeast uh, Asia, let's say, where the owl has a different cultural connotation. Well, the, I think that was you know like it was my own subjectiveness, you know, in the way I did the research, right? So I, I have a I have a blog in English, and uh, so people are going to get a hold of me, in, you know. English-speaking people are going to get a hold of me. Uh, so the way I did the research was just, you know, online, allowing these things to, to come to me. So I just suspect, this is completely intuitive on my point, that these stories also exist in, in you know, non-English-speaking countries. And, you know, we're, I mean, whatever, I was sort of seeing this through the lens of, you know, Whitey, as, because that's kind of where I was coming from. But, uh, you know, there's, there's a couple of accounts. There's an account in the book from... Um, a woman from Brazil that exactly matches the tone of the of the of the stories. She spoke very good English. I cleaned her dialogue up just slightly in the book. Um, uh, so, my sense is that yes, these stories would be uh, paralleled throughout the the lore. Um, the Native American stories um, would seem to have a darker cast to them. Stories from, let's say. Um, I got some stories from Sweden that are they actually there's some interesting stuff. Yes, where where uh, uh there's a lighter, let's say, lore to them. Uh it's hard to say because there's not a pattern here. It's just like one and you know, it's hard to say with if you don't I don't have a rich enough pool of data to to see a big pattern there. So I'm gonna be cautious how I how I how I answer this. But yes, my sense is that this stuff is out there. I don't have any proof though. Now with all these cultural influences and the fact that these experiences change over time depending on our expectations. Is there a way at all to find the source, the core experience? Because we're moving past the literal interpretation, way beyond that. Well, I mean, on one sense, you can die and then have like, you know, the in you know one of the questions you ask when you go into the white light is like, you know, what is going on with all this stuff? And when you're in some other realm, you might be able to, you know, receive the answer. Quite honestly, I think that like, I mean, my God, how many UFO books have been written in the last 70 years and how, you know, how divergent are the conclusions, you know? So I don't know what the source is going to be. So it's like, I'd be foolish to say what I think the source might be. What I can say is there's a couple avenues of thought that were very productive. One of his archetypes, you know, like owls as archetype, an archetypal symbol. So not an owl as a bird with big eyes, but the symbol of the owl. And this is, you know, I mean, whatever, some philosophy students at, at, a, at a university could, you know, spend many a late night trying to figure out what the, that symbol might mean. But I can say that there is a symbol. An owl can be seen symbolically. I can only sort of tap at the at the edges of what that might Im- truly imply. So well, I, think it, I think it's interesting that owls are asking who instead of why or what. <laughs> only in North America, yeah. So they don't say that in other places. There's, there's very few. There's only in really North American owls have the classic low hooting noise. Most owls make you know kind of squawky noises or beeping noises. Yeah. So there's only a few owls that will actually ask who. That would be the barred owl, the great gray, and the great horned. Well, William Stratham uh, asks an interesting question, and he says, at the end of your book, you write, when I sleep outside, I will very often make a plea to the universe. I will state out loud that I am open and receptive to whatever you have to offer. Asking the universe is a little less churchy than saying God, but it's essentially the same thing. 
uh, that you're asking for a message. What kind of response do you anticipate? I mean, obviously the synchronicity element we've we've talked to, but are you asking for encounters with owls, coyotes, aliens? Uh, in your estimation, would it be possible for a being worthy of the title of God to respond directly to you by articulate English, even if internally? And in light of your acceptance of the divine, do you think there is also an actual satanic, demonic aspect of reality dangerous to humans that one must avoid? In other words, if you believe in one end of the spectrum, uh, the positive end, then, you know, (laughs) maybe there's a a counterweight to that. We will have his answer in the next segment. I was just thinking when you were talking there of watching Childhood's End, the TV miniseries based on the Arthur C. Clarke novel where we deal with higher beings being the overlords who are red demons with tails. Fork tails, actually, or uh, uh, spaded tails. Certainly. I don't know, kind of a depressing ending that the human, you know, I don't want to do a spoiler here. I'd say if you can access On Demand for Sci-Fi Channel, you should watch it. It's not quite the same as the book, okay, but still nonetheless interesting. We have Mike Cleland who's going to answer the question posed by one of our listeners with Gene and Chris here in The Paracast. Wishing you the brightest of Christmas seasons and best wishes for the new year from the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Nussbaum with the Anthem Foundation. Premature birth is the leading cause of death of babies and disabilities for children. That's why we support the March of Dimes to help mothers have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment and outreach to help moms during their pregnancy, and give every baby a healthy start in life. Learn how you can help at marchofdimes.org. Did you know that home break-ins increase more than 100% during the holidays? It takes just 10 seconds for an intruder to kick in your door. But police response to a home alarm system is more than 20 minutes. And intruders are in and out of your home in 5 minutes. Thieves know that you're not home and have presents inside just waiting to be taken. And if you are home, how safe will you feel with an intruder lurking inside with your family? That's why police across the country are recommending you use door armor. Proven to withstand the force of a battering ram, door armor keeps intruders out. It's easy to install and barely visible, and your door armor is guaranteed for life. Go to InvasionStopper.com for a very special buy one, get one at half off deal. These savings are for a limited time and only available to GCN listeners. Protect your valuables and loved ones this holiday season. Go to InvasionStopper.com now. That's InvasionStopper.com. Removing bad taste and odor from your drinking water is easy. Removing the bad stuff you don't taste is what ProPure does best. Water the way nature meant it to be. 
clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure countertop, inline gravity, and household water filtration products. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Or call 800-544-3533. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and body extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So I've been giving Mike Cohen a little time to digest the question from one of our listeners at forum.paracast.com in the question bank. Mike? Well, I mean, the question is, I mean, there was kind of a multi-layered question and, and just might want to reread the question if I stray too far. I often do that. You know, I, I sort of answer what I want to answer rather than the question itself sometimes. Well, that makes you a politician. Don't worry about I know. It. I, I may, shouldn't have said that. Yeah. So, but um, the, uh, you know, so you make a plea to the universe, you know, like I kind of go right up to the line and say, you know, calling it God and then back off. And, you know, that's, uh, but you so see, you make a plea to the universe and oftentimes I will get these answers and the answers will come very symbolically. And that's, that's what I have been documenting in the blog. You know, I mean, what's the, how to say this? Like, so if I answer, you know, if I ask the question, you know, like what's the meaning of the universe, you know, and, and then, you know, God steps out of a cloud and explains it very succinctly to me and then steps back into the cloud. I mean, kind of what's the fun in that, you know? I mean, wouldn't it be better to, uh, I mean, like an example is I would sleep out in the mountains and uh, have, a, you know, make that plea as I was going to bed, get up the next morning and a nothing, no dreams, no nothing, nothing happening during the night. But on the walk out, I would have amazingly beautiful sighting. This is one example of a pine marten, which is a beautiful, be a bright sunny day, pine marten out in the middle of a meadow, uh, close to me, walking along with me for a little bit, amazing sighting of a pine marten. So what is the symbology of that animal? So then that would lead me which is a very rare sighting. I mean, not many people, I mean, it's, you know, it's not unusual to see them, but the sighting I had in this particular instance was up close. And then 
the you know what's the symbology of the weasel of the pine marten uh you know in native american lore in mythology and stuff like that so that it led it forced me to look inward in a way that i wouldn't have and there were some clues there you know that represents the vitality of a life and so that was a you know that was perhaps the message i needed at that moment so you get what you seek is that like the mirror effect that john keel talks about you look into the abyss and the abyss looks back. Yeah. You know, and whether it's demonic is, is, I mean, this is, this is where that's all subjective. It's all, you know, subject to your, your, your cultural biases and, you know, the environment that you were raised in. And of course, one man's demon is another man's, uh, you know, dark Lord or whatever. So everything's relative, obviously. Exactly. And, and the, you know, I've certainly heard people, sat with people, and they've told me extremely dark, frightening stories. I've also heard people tell, like, beautiful, blissful, transcendent stories. Um, and I trust both these people are telling their real experiences. So so what am I to make of this? Uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the this phenomenon, whether it's a UFO thing or however, you know, whatever grand umbrella term you want to use, can manifest in these extremely extremely divergent ways and it doesn't make one person right and one person wrong so but yeah it's like I, a, a careful what you wish for scenario <laughs> subconsciously uh, you know fully consciously or unconsciously sure yeah yeah just you know have your uh have your intention and your 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 focus uh kind of tuned into where you actually want to go um and don't shoot yourself in the foot <laughs> well i mean in in the production of this book in the production of this book, I would get just the perfect story at just the perfect moment. And I'm sure other authors, authors have had that kind of experience, but this is the first time I've ever tackled anything, a project this grand. And I was just shocked at how, you know, right when I needed a certain, you know, like I was kind of stuck or, or, you know, there's some, some blank spot in the, in the, the overall, um, you know, outline, you know, the perfect story would, would arrive that would drop in. I that love when that slot. happens. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Yeah. I love it. And it does happen too. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Mike, um, shadow gov, um, who's, you know, been a poster since 2009 and he's only actually posted 19 messages at, at the forum at forum.theparacast.com. So you're bringing them out of the woodwork, which is a good thing. That's kind of a kudos for you. And he says, from listening to your podcast, I always get the impression that you learn you lean more towards the, quote, love and light, unquote, interpretation of the phenomenon. And he thinks your views are actually more nuanced than that. But he says, I always felt that this was his bias. However, on several podcast episodes, uh, he talked about Dr. Carla Turner, which is a much darker view of abduction. So I always sensed that there was a tension between opposing views throughout your shows. And, you know, he says, I was wondering where you stand now. Uh, Do you think that there's any, you know, my question is, do you think there's a a leaning one way or another? Or it is all totally subjective in the sense or the eye of the beholder or the experiencer? I can tell you, I want it to be all love and light. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that be nice? You know I mean? So that's a very much a want. You know, there's nothing I would love more than to to realize or to have some answer that the source of all this is from this benevolent angelic presence that's leading us forward. I there are certainly stories that match that closely. You know, you could you could that that would that would paint that picture, but the, that's not universal. So, um, you know, the the scales are constantly tipping. I I I feel like I'm. I've got this kind of uh, empathic side to me where I like I'm empathetic and can 
and when someone tells me a story, I just get wrapped up in it. You know, like I feel it, I sense it, I listen to their words, I just get sort of drawn into it. And so you go, let's, for instance, you go to a UFO conference, you know, you talk to one, you know, lady with her flowy linen dress and her turquoise beads and stuff like that at one table and you, you hear her account and it's just angelic and beautiful. And she's, she, and I listen as closely as I can and try to, try to hear exactly what she's saying. And then you walk across the the aisle and you talk to someone else, you know, some former military guy with a, you know, with a mustache and a, and a bunch of uh, documents on his desk and, and you hear a completely different account. And at the, and I, and the same thing happens to me. I get drawn in, I get swept away by the story, you know, and then in a way somewhere early in the book, I say it, I say, I'm a disciple of the story. And, and what I tried to do in this book was, which I didn't, sometimes I succeeded, sometimes I didn't, was I let the story speak for itself, right? So you, you have a, uh, you know, the, the shaman sitting around the, the campfire, you know, would tell the the story to the villagers, right? And they would all listen attentively, and it, the story would probably be told in symbolic form. And then at the end, I don't know if it's the role of the of the shaman to say, well, you know, here's the meaning of the story. Here's what it really means. Here's all the underlying stuff. Here, let's examine the story. I think the story itself has a has a power. And then sometimes you can overexamine it and get lost. And I feel like I probably did that to a degree in the book, where I overexamined this. And and I mean you can almost sense that this book is being is me being lost in that attempt to make sense of these kind of accounts. That's a very honest assessment of your work. Um, most authors would like to think that they are in complete control and uh, are totally on top of their work. And and it's good to hear that there's you know some areas where you're really not sure. And and you know you do you are very good. Um, analyzer of of data, and you you allow your mind to go in different directions, and then you you pick up uh, the relevant bits. And in uh, I've always you know felt that about you, and it is almost to a fault. But um, you know, here's another question from ShadowGov, and you know he says it's it's a bit off topic, but he understands that you're active in the ultralight backpack community, and you're an avid outdoorsman. And as such, he's wondering if you would care to address the following questions. Um, have you ever looked into David Politi's work, uh, the Missing Nine, you know, 411 Project? And do you think they could be uh, possibly alien abductions? And have you ever heard of a similar experiences up in Idaho and in some of the uh, the more remote areas that, that you've lived? And he'd also like to get your opinion on Bigfoot. Okay, so uh, so I am familiar with David Polites. I actually had a little back and forth correspondence with him, where I sent him an account uh, that's a little bit long, and that will be in the uh, companion book, Stories from the Messengers. One of these crazy mixed up things because it had the flavor of what he was saying. There were these little elements in his stories. This was involved a woman who was hiking with her boyfriend. She was with him and she just got a little bit behind him on the trail. And then suddenly she said, well, I'm going to walk over here and sit down. That always begins oh. the next part of the story. Let's do it in our next segment, our final segment. It's Gone So Fast. Mike Clellan with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas. Is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention, Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. If you're like me, you're concerned about the stock market and the economy. You're asking the questions, but it just doesn't seem that you're getting the right answers. Well, my friends at the Wealth Preservation Institute not only have the answers, but they've put together a free report, How to Survive the Upcoming Economic Collapse and Protect Your 401Ks, IRA Savings, and Retirement Income. Don't hesitate. This report's for free for a limited time by calling 888-772-2929. That's 888-772-2929. Take back your financial lives today. If survivalist housing has been in your plans, get ready. We're bringing our Timberline Range Camps to you February 6th through 14th. The Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Get an up-close look at some of our most popular Timberline models or visit survivalistcamps.com to pre-order a camp. We'll bring it to the show and save you the cost of shipping. It's the perfect time to get that camp you've wanted. Go to survivalistcamps.com, then plan on joining us at the Great American Outdoor Show in February in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP as slim as possible. 
Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, Mike Lowen telling the story, which is going to be part of the companion book for the messengers. All right, so she sits down for a moment. And then she, she hears owls hooting, and she takes her shoes off. Uh, which is something that shows up in David Polite's thing. And then she sees UFOs, but she describes them not as metallic craft. These are kind of trans-dimensional orbs that kind of pass above her and things get very trippy. And I literally said, like, wait a minute, are you going to take any mushrooms or LSD or anything? So like, nope, nope, nope. That's the story she tells. And so she's gone for a number of hours, which seems like just a number of minutes to her. Her boyfriend comes, finally finds her. The sun is down at this point. And um, he says, where have you been? She says, I've been right here. And he said, no, you haven't. I've searched right here. And then the uh, there's all of these odd synchronicities that are associated with this story. Uh, it gets very complicated, very, and that one is, this one is so tough to, to almost wrap my mind around because her explanation of it is so ethereal and trippy. Now, there's elements that show up in David Polite's work. So I sent him this little essay and we exchanged a few things and, and, uh, and he, uh, to give him to his credit, he was basically like, listen, I don't know who you are. I can I, I'm going to be very careful. I don't want to say anything. Cause if I get quoted out of, out of, um, context, it's just doesn't, you know, it'll be, he's, I think he had bad luck with that. So I was like, fair enough. He also, David Polite's does Bigfoot research. So he's put me in touch with a Bigfoot researcher. And I feel like, I, you know, the Bigfoot researcher, I'm drawing a complete blank on his name right now, implied that there was uh, an owl connection. You know, Bigfoot researchers will often have odd owl accounts in their stories. Uh, I mean, just this very quick one that he shared with me. Someone saw, you know, a Bigfoot and then this area, and then they went into the woods and found this great big giant pile of feces that didn't look like bear feces and didn't look like, you know, moose feces or anything like that. So, and as they were sort of, you know, bagging it up and examining it, the whole time an owl stood on a branch and watched them doing this um, in full daylight. You know, that doesn't prove anything. This is, these are kind of the anecdotal tales that just accompany this stuff. So, my sense is, and I actually asked Rosemary Ellen Guiley this, you know, in a way that the, my sense is that the Bigfoot thing, no one's ever going to capture a Bigfoot. No one's going to shoot one. No one's going to take one to the Smithsonian. Uh, it ain't how it works. This is some sort of interdimensional spirit entity that can manifest physically in a way that it can leave footprints. I've talked to enough folks that have done Bigfoot research and they just tell stories. Oh, we followed these big footprints off into the open meadow in the snow and right in the middle of the meadow, poof, they've stopped nowhere for this thing to go. They don't understand how the footprints could have stopped. So something very unusual is taking place. Uh, the question I asked is there's a kind of divergence in the Bigfoot research community between the, the nuts and bolts researchers who think this, well, I guess it would be flesh and blood researchers who think this is like a big ape that has somehow eluded uh, scientists for 
ever. And then on the other end, a very small yeah, minority. The 14 researchers. Like yeah, the very, yeah, the 14 researchers, the minority who were saying, oh, this is something much more unusual. And I asked Rosemary Ellen Guiley, like, okay, if they had a pie fight at a, at a Bigfoot conference, who would win the pie fight? You know, the, the flesh and blood researchers or the 40 and ones. And she, in her way, she, was, she didn't answer it. She said, well, there are certainly more of the flesh and blood researchers, sort of implying that they would win the pie fight. Well, maybe they're using larger pies also. Perhaps, yeah. And pies do have a remarkable similarity to the shape of a UFO, so we can add that in too. So, oh. well, My brother, rest his soul, had a, a Bigfoot experience where there were five footprints uh, going across a road and coming to the road and leaving the road. There were none. And one this of them is- was so pristine, they could actually see the foot whirls in the print. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to make of any of this except that that People are reporting this. I know a a UFO abductee who's doing what I consider very strong Bigfoot research in Utah. Oh, wow. So, so, I mean, what to make of that? One thing leads to the other. Now, do you have any hopes here in getting any answers out of this or as every step of the journey bringing its own questions? I have no hopes of getting an answer. I enjoy the mystery. You know what I mean? There's kind of a point in the middle of the detective novel, right? You know, where like, you know, the crime hasn't been solved and there's a reason there's like detective novels are a popular genre. Like this, it's like, wow, this is really engaging. This is exciting. This is fun. Um, at the end of the book, oftentimes it's a kind of a letdown, you know, like, oh, that person did it. Okay. Okay. But the, the joy of the detective novel is somewhere in the middle. And in a funny way, I feel like I'm in the middle of this you know, in a way, the novel of my life where I'm digging into this stuff. And it has been remarkably fun. So um, I don't expect an answer. If I proclaimed some answer, someone can find this thing later. If I do proclaim an answer and then call me out on it, um, I would caution anyone to not trust the answer I gave. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, I might have some good questions. I mean, like that's, you know, the archetype thing is a really interesting avenue of thought to go down that road and think about, you know, how that imply, you know, what that, how that plays out. And, and so, yeah, I have no, I have no, I don't plan on finding an answer. And at the same time, no, no agenda to promote or a drum to bang. Well, an agenda to promote in a drum to bang would be that this stuff is far stranger than we dare suspect. Like what I did is I underwent a journey. I I picked the most tiny fractal at the far corner of the UFO phenomena, right? Like the, I mean, the owl is the most insignificant part of the overall grand UFO bag of worms, right? I mean, how you know, like you you know. Oftentimes you'll pick up a UFO book and owl gets mentioned once, one page. And I've done a lot of searches of books, so I, I can say that with, with with authority. It gets mentioned. Little teeny owl. Oh, and then they saw an owl. Oh, and then they just the big thick book, and that's the only mention you get of it. So it's this tiny part of a big phenomenon. But in looking at it, I produced a 400-page book, and I'm just about to publish another one that's going to be, right. you know, over 100 pages. Why? Like, I picked the tiniest, most insignificant part of a great big thing, and stuff just gushed out everywhere. I mean, I was, like, flooded with this stuff. I mean, the, the stuff I didn't include is just as good as the stuff I did include. And, and it, you know, the only reason I didn't include it, because I would just be telling the same story over and over and over again. It wouldn't do any good to tell, you know, a chapter that was just repeating the same story. I'm, I'm totally enthralled on it, so I have no problem reading and, and dissecting these same stories over and over again, but it just doesn't do, isn't not going to serve the reader any purpose to, to hear the same story over and over again. But so, you know, I picked the tiniest little insignificant nuanced speck of a great big giant mess of, you know, conflicting ideas. And it just 
it was so fruitful. So I mean, so I don't know what to say. If I have a if I have a drum to bang, it's that this stuff is wildly more complex and more nuanced and more playful in many respects than than one would dare assume if they only watched late night documentaries with you know with scary music and and you know cheesy reenactments so. <laughs> we've got to stay away from those cheesy reenactments okay mike Cullen, we're just about out of time would you tell our listeners where they can find out more information about the messengers and your ongoing work um, the book is published by Richard Dolan Press. You can go Google Richard Dolan Press and it'll come right up and you can search it out there. You can go to Amazon. You can search it out there. You can go to my blog, which is Hidden Experience, all one word, hiddenexperience.blogspot.com. Um, you could Google my name. Um, the first thing that comes up is if you Google my name in Owls, you'll go right to my blog. Um, but the uh, So, yes, yeah, so, so um, this book is very much a product of the internet era as far as the way it was researched and the way it was culminated. And so just a simple Google search, it should come right up. Um, I have a lot of backlogged uh, blog posts. I haven't been attending to the blog in the last couple of years because I've been so swamped with this book project. So as the book project, you know, is now complete, hopefully I'll get a little more back into the, um, you know, writing some articles for an online forum. We'll look forward to them. You can find us on Twitter. We're known as The Paracast. Look for The Paracast on Twitter. Send us a tweet if you want. Don't quote Donald Trump, please. Okay? Just asking you to do that. We have two Paracast forums on Facebook. You can go to either one. We don't care. We have the special subscription premium package of the show. You get the higher quality audio, ad-free version of The Paracast, the After The Paracast wrap-up show, you get show transcripts just starting to roll in there for several of our episodes. More will come. It takes time to make those transcripts. We have the first video up real soon now. Chris is working on it as we speak. To learn more about the Paracast Plus, go to plus.theparacast.com. There are low monthly, annual, five-year lifetime subscription rates. The longer-term subscriptions get free ebooks from Chris O'Brien. What else can you ask? Plus. TheParacast.com. Oh, this has been a fun-filled episode. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Mike Cleland, thanks for joining us on The Paracast. You're very welcome. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.